And just like that, the 2023 NFL regular season has come to a close. Oh man, it feels good to be back. First off, let me start off and say my apologies for missing the last two weeks of the regular season. We had the holidays, we had some family stuff. It's just, it's, it's a crazy time. But we're back, we're here for the playoffs. It's time. Welcome back to another episode of Booth Review. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by that Sultan of Spice, Mr. Peter Strauss. What's going on, man? It's been a wild ride these last few weeks for certain fan bases. It's been a roller coaster for places like Kansas City and Philadelphia. Been a high of a time if you're Detroit or Green Bay or Houston. Houston. The Texans, baby, they did it. Buffalo too. That's, like we we killed off Buffalo like six weeks ago. That was our legitimate yeah. counterfeit. Was you know is their season over with? Because we looked at their remaining schedule. And it's like I mean probably there's no way they make it in with that schedule. And here we are. They just won yeah. the freaking AFC East. A lot of people thought like because they had to win out to get to where they are, right. and a lot of yeah. people didn't think they were going to be able to do it. But uh, yeah, I think it was like five or six straight against a lot of great opponents. Um, well, I mean, what's crazy also to keep their spot. What's crazy also is that like, so if the Jags hadn't have lost to the Titans, then that game on Sunday night would have been for either the AFC East. Or then they would be eliminated if they lost, because they wouldn't have gotten into the playoffs. Because the Jags would have won the South, the tight or the Texans would have gotten the extra wild card spot along with the Steelers, and both yeah. those teams would get in over the Buffalo Bills. But because the Jags lost, the Texans get the division. Bills are able to make it in, even if they had lost the game, which they didn't. But I mean, just yeah, it was the what a wild time for Buffalo. It was the two seed versus the seven seed, which I mean, if they were the seventh seed, they would have just played Miami again, right? So, yeah, as opposed to now, uh, Kansas City gets Miami in Kansas City, and it's supposed to be negative five degrees. So, hey. talk about talk about home field advantage. Got it. That's how football should be played out in the gotta, elements, baby. Got to take advantage of it while we got it because uh, it's not going to be like the last few years for us. That's for sure. Hey. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But. Sticking to this week, speaking of that Houston Texans offense, yep. we got to give a best of the booth to Nico Collins, who of CJ Stroud's 264 passing yards had 195 of them. Like <laughs> almost Crazy. like 80% of the yards went to Nico Collins on nine receptions. Um, and he got a touchdown out of that too. And they weren't like, like checkdowns or anything, an average of 21.7 yards a catch. He was getting them at the goal line, some like tough catches for him, too. He's just they needed somebody to step up in that game with Stroud still recovering from his injury, with uh Tank Dell and Noah Brown, two of his best targets, both being out. Like he was the guy, and he stepped up and was the guy in that game. Indy put up a fight. Jonathan Taylor also had almost a 200-yard day. It's hard to like talk about this game without talking about that. And a brutal Kadarius Tony-style drop there at the end, or FVS-style drop there at the end, whoever you want to say. For the Indianapolis Colts, it was a tough-fought game, but the Texans, C.J. Stroud, 
one of the best rookie seasons we've seen in a long time from any player. And Nico Collins made it happen for him today. Or this week, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this Texans team's been fun to follow when they've been, when Stroud's been out there. Even you know, when they had uh, their backup, I can't remember who the backup is currently, but whenever he was out there, it was a couple weeks with when CJ was in the concussion protocol. I think a lot of people kind of wrote that team off as, okay, well, and us included. Well, you know, they had a good good run. They're probably not going to make it in now that Stroud's missing time. They still pushed through. They still found a way. They got some help from other teams, obviously, but I don't know. Just the, the journey that team's been on has been a lot of fun to follow, and it really does start with the quarterback position because Stroud has seemingly completely turned that franchise around, and I think it's incredibly poetic that Browns have to face the Texans on uh, Saturday. The only thing that would make that better is if it was a Sean Watson out there uh, just for the storyline of it all, but... Well, if they had Deshaun Watson, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. So this is true. I'm ag- I they agree with you, actually. All elite, Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it just hats off to them, man. I mean, a, an incredible year, incredible year. I think at this point, like if D'Amico Ryan's isn't the front runner for coach of the year, we got some dumb voters out there. Yeah, I I think. I might have said it a few weeks ago, but I was like, I think the winner of the AFC South was going to win uh, coach of the or whichever of those two teams between right. the Colts and the Texans, whichever one made the playoffs yeah. was going to win coach of the year. And I think, yeah, I think he should definitely be the front runner for it. I don't know. Maybe Stefanski because of how he's handled the, that that's the only team. that's the only other argument that I would accept would be Stefanski. And like I. The other names that have been floated out there, like Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, like, I don't disagree with those. I like those picks as well. I like those guys as coaches. And obviously what Shanahan's done the last four or five years out there has been amazing. Um, and he somehow hasn't won Coach of the Year yet, which is crazy. But to me, like, what D'Amico Ryans did with that team, where that franchise was, last year the year before that and completely turning them around to winning a division is huge like that speaks yeah. volumes about the leadership they have there yeah we'll see if if he does win the award if he can keep it up for more than one year i'm like last year's coach of the year winner we'll see we'll see <laughs> i hope i'm really hopeful we don't get a repeat showing of uh of what happened this last year yeah, but um, shout out, shout out, Nico Collins, almost a two hundred yard day, like solely helping CJ yeah. Stroud keep his team, um, getting them a division win. They deserve it. Yeah, yeah, good job, Texans. Yeah, I'm here for it. Well, speaking of uh, one team making it into the playoffs, we're gonna go to another team that made it into the playoffs on Sunday, and I don't care if this is a dang homer pick or not. But my best of the booth is going to your boy, Jordan Love. The man coming off a great first year as a starter. Uh, already arguably looking like a top 10 quarterback in the league. I mean, I think... He, I know there's some people that, that would that would take the challenge. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to find 10 quarterbacks this year that performed better than Jordan Love across the entire season. Um, so... Might be a little early, but 
Obviously, he's looking that way on Sunday. He looked fantastic. I get it as against the Bears defense, but the Bears defense has been looking better over the last five or six games. Uh, Jordan Love, 27 of 32, which is 84.4% completion percentage. Absolutely diced them apart. Uh, 316 yards, two touchdowns, a 128.6 passer rating. Just a fantastic day, capping off a fantastic uh, year. I think he finished the season with... Some just incredible numbers. Let me pull them up for you. Um, for all the love haters out there. Finished <laughs> finished 7th in the league in passing yards with 4,159. 2nd in the league with touchdown passes with 32. ninth in the league in QBR with 62 QBR, which eh, it could be a little higher. Uh, his completion percentage on the year was 64.2, so that's something we talked about earlier in the season that needs to be up. Uh, he was hovering around 59%, 60%, um, about at the midway point, and he just went on a tear over the last the last eight games of the regular season. They went 6-2. and two. He had 18 touchdowns to just one pick. One pick. He had 11 picks on the, on the season and only one of them in the final eight games, which is just incredible. I think the Packers are set up for potentially, potentially a spoiler this weekend against the Cowboys. I, I, I think that a lot of people would be surprised by that, but I think that I think it could happen. Uh, the way the Packers' defense played on Sunday, uh, granted it is against the Bears, um, but they pressured the hell out of Justin Fields. Uh, he couldn't do anything. And I don't know, man. I, I think the Packers are playing very good football right now, and I, that's not it's not a team that the Cowboys should just overlook. I think the Cow- the Packers will definitely put up a fight. Yeah, I mean, uh, I couldn't have really said anything better. Jordan Love... I think I was, and again, he had a pretty not great first half of the season. He was overthrowing a lot of balls. Yes, um, just wasn't just wasn't super accurate, and maybe that's just the jitters of being, you know, your first season as a starting quarterback. Well, I think it's also it's also the chemistry. Like you have you have a bunch of receivers out there that are first year or second year starters, and you've got to build that chemistry with them. And so they're all yep. kind of learning the NFL the same way you are, even though you've had three years to sit and watch guys develop and practice and get the reps and in and uh, and practice. You're still this is your first year as a starter, and so all the wide receivers out there are doing the same thing. You're all kind of learning it at the same time, so it's just growing pains. Yeah, I would. I will say, I would never be surprised by a Cowboys loss in the playoffs because they are. The Cowboys. It's what they do, man. It's what they do. Um, this this will be an interesting one for sure. Being in Dallas is going to be tough. Like I yeah. think that's what's going to make it the most surprising to me if the uh, Packers are the one to break that at home win streak. Yeah. Uh, but hey, you never know. There's always one crazy game wild card weekend, and that's why it's super wild card weekend now. What sucks is that if the Packers do win. They're gonna to have to go out to San Francisco and, and face the behemoth that is the San Francisco oh, well 49ers. Then, well then yeah, the Packers can't beat San Francisco in the playoffs no, anyways. So. They've never been able to beat San Francisco. Doesn't <laughs> matter doesn't matter if it's Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, uh Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, doesn't matter who's the quarterback, really, they can't beat him. Really the entire NFC West is kind of the Packers. Uh, I mean Yes. Yes. You're not wrong. I hate that like what I was really hoping for 
is that the Rams would lose to the Niners on Sunday because if the Rams lost, then the Packers would have been the sixth seed and they would have been going to Detroit for the first round, which would have been an equally as good game. And I think the Packers have a better chance of beating Detroit than they do Dallas. Uh, but, man, having to go through Dallas and then if you win, you have to go face San Francisco. Like it, Those are the teams we always have to play. And more times than yeah. not, it doesn't end well. I'm trying to see, because I know Carson Wentz came in the game, but I didn't know if he played the full game. or I think he, he played most of it, because Stafford sat out. They were yeah, rested, because they went into that game with the mindset of, like, okay, even if we're the seventh seed, we don't care if we're the sixth seed or the seventh seed. We're already in. We're going to make sure our guys are prepared. Yeah, at that point, they're, like, ready to play whoever they're going to play. Carson went 17 right. of 24, 163, two touchdowns, one pick, 90.3 QBR. Yeah. And uh, not not throwing to Cooper Cup. He did have Puka Nakua. Um, but Cooper Cup looks like sat out, too, which makes sense. They're the He's one of the older guys, too. You don't want to necessarily get him messed up before that game. But honorable mention, Carson Wentz. Look at him coming out here yeah. and getting a start for the Rams and getting a win. I mean, granted, it was against San Francisco's backups, but listen, San Francisco's backups are better than a lot of teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, they still had um, Elijah Mitchell playing. Debo Samuel got a little bit in there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was in there a little bit. I yeah. think they were just kind of stat chasing. Well, well, speaking speaking of stat chasing, that's a great segue into my under review, which has to be the New Orleans Saints. I don't know who on the New Orleans Saints because it's all it's all just like hearsay at this point. But allegedly, basically, let me bring this down to you: the Saints were winning. 41 to 17. Uh, they got a the they got an interception with about a minute and a half left. Returned it all the way to the Atlanta one yard line. So they're on the one yard line with a minute ten left. They're up 41 17. Can basically just kneel out the clock. So they send old Jameis Winston out there. Allegedly, Dennis Allen calls for them to kneel. That's the alleged call. Jameis Winston then says, no, 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 no. We're not kneeling out this thing. My boy Jamal Williams over here doesn't have a single touchdown on the whole season. We got to get him a ton. So, they audible out of the kneel, hand it off to Jamal Williams. He runs it in to put the score at 48-17, to just rubbing it in the Falcons' face, which is incredibly disrespectful. Especially in a rivalry game. Like, I get it. It means even more in a rivalry game. And I don't know who's to blame. I mean, I don't know if De Arthur Smith sure thought Dennis Allen was to blame. Uh, if you can read lips, go watch that clip and fun, you know, fun little activities. Count up all of the, the blurred words that you see. Um, uh, just awful. Like, who? I don't. I don't understand it. You're up forty-one seventeen. Just take the ball, kneel it, move on. I get like you want it. You want to get Jamal Williams a stat, but come on, man, come on. Listen, listen. I wholeheartedly disagree with you that they should be punished for this. <laughs> Hold on, because it sounds like you didn't listen to the full the full interview and the full story of what happened. So let me break it down for you here. First okay, of all, break it down. You for don't. Me. 
you don't have to say alleged. Jameis Winston in the post-game press conference said, yes, we as a team decided to get our boy Jamal Williams in the end zone because he hadn't had a touchdown all season after having 17 with the Lions. But here's season. but here's the thing, like if it's as a team, then the coach should be on board with it. Nah, the coach should say that guy. Screw if, if, if if you're if your backup quarterback is saying screw that guy, how does he still have a job? He's a <laughs> he's lost the locker room at that point. No, Jameis Winston won the locker room. Is what oh, happened. Oh gosh. No, but yeah, he they got the call victory formation. Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger got the interception down to the one yard line, and. They were saying Jamal Williams didn't really get a chance to run the ball this year because of the injuries. They put him more in like a fullback position. And Jameis Winston came up. The call is victory. But we got to do this for our boy Jamal. What do you all think? And the offense, I'll say the offense, because obviously defense, special teams, they weren't out there. They don't know. Right. The offense decided, let's help out our boy Jamal Williams. And... uh he said he immediately after the game, like he told Dennis Allen what happened. He he apologized to Dennis Allen, and um, I don't know if you know the uh, podcaster. I think it's Joe M J O M boy. He normally does like baseball yeah, yeah, like yeah, fights boy. with the umpires, mm-hmm. but he yeah. uh, broke this one down, and you can hear in the clip almost. And he was like, "I didn't call that." <laughs> like Dennis Allen was trying to tell Arthur Smith, "Like I didn't call it. <laughs> I called victory." I mean, so, it's still like. At the end of the day, it just really it makes Dennis Allen look bad. Either yeah, way you slice Allen, it, Dennis Allen should be fired anyway. So if that's what you want to put under review for not having that control, but I, I, I don't. It shows how much Jameis Winston, like even though he's been a backup now for a few years, like just his energy and how much he loves his teammates and how much his teammates love him. Like he came in and he said, let's perform a mutiny. And his team was like, okay. <laughs> and they did. I mean, yeah, like, but, that's, that but that's what I'm saying. How is that not a guy you want to have in that locker room? Well, if I'm a head coach, I don't want that guy in my locker room because I don't want him changing the plays I'm calling. <laughs> Cause again, it makes me look bad. I, like that's what I'm saying. Either way you slice it. Dennis Allen looks like a giant douche in this. Either he was run up the score against a rival just for the hell of it, or he has zero control over his players in the locker room. And either way, he probably shouldn't be a head coach anymore. So No, he shouldn't. But I don't think we should be mad at, at Jameis Winston. I, th- I feel like almost any other player in the league, if they had done that, like everybody would have been on him. But, like, Jameis Winston is, like, he was just so chill about it. He was like, yeah, you know, we just, we, I asked the team, and they said, let's do it, and we, we just did it. I don't know. <laughs> like, you should watch the interview. It's a good interview. I mean, you, um, should, you should do what the coach calls. That's, that's your job. Eh. He, I'm, I'm sure Jameis is saying in his mind, either I'm getting cut after this game or Dennis Allen's getting fired after this game. <laughs> so what does Which- it matter? Here we are three days later, and neither of those has happened yet. So, yeah, because Jamie Swinston has united the team. Oh my gosh. Well, James and, Winston could be the head coach next year then. And got Arthur Smith fired. Oh gosh. Oh, man. 
there was a lot of firings this week that I'm sure we'll have to talk about, but I'll go into my under review real quick here. All First right. of, uh, I'm sticking in the AFC South for mine, and it's a team that was in control of their destiny the entire season. A team who was like should have won the division weeks ago. Yep, and that's just that's just the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if it was the change in like play calling with Doug Peterson kind of going back and forth with that. I don't know if I know the last few weeks Trevor Lawrence has been kind of on and off with an injury. But this team just like has fallen flat besides the game against the Carolina Panthers, which is the Carolina Panthers, the worst team in the league um, record wise. And I I don't even think Trevor Lawrence played that game. I think that was uh, Bethard. It was that, that played the Panthers last week. Yeah. Like this team has just lost its mojo. It's like they had some magic and all of a sudden it was like this season, it was just gone. They had a few games where they looked where they looked good. Like they beat the Colts pretty definitively in week one. They beat the Falcons pretty definitively in week four. Well, they beat the Colts twice, actually, pretty definitively, both 30 to 20 something scores. And all of a sudden they lose four in a row. Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Bucks, which is a pretty it's a pretty tough stretch, but the Bucks? You know, lose to the Bucks like that? I don't know. It just seemed like it just felt like this team didn't want it anymore. Um, it's kind of how I felt about the Eagles a little bit earlier in the year, which they also apparently did not want it this weekend. Um, <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to go Eagles, which is why I picked the Jaguars. I thought I mean, about it. The numbers that they just let Tennessee have. I mean, Derrick Henry yeah. has as barely had any 100-yard games this season, all of a sudden gets 153 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, they only got to him twice, sacking-wise, when they have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Um, DeAndre, ha- DeAndre Hopkins had some incredible catches, too, this game that they just they just let get through. Yeah, And I don't, I don't know what it's going to take for this team to get back in form, especially with how good, besides the Titans, the Titans are fully rebuilding, but with how good... I think the Colts will be next year with Anthony Richardson and Houston keeps rolling. The Jaguars have a lot of work to do to retake control of the division. And I don't know if one year is going to cut it with this, with how this team is acting right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, it's really surprising to have seen what they did this year with all the expectations that, that, they had going into the season and what we expected to see Trevor Lawrence do in was this year three year four. What I think those? it's year. I think it's year three. Uh, I think it is year three also. Yeah. Cause you, you had, had the, the, Urban, had the Meyer Urban Meyer and then two. Yeah. Which shouldn't so, count. Uh, but... I mean, sure. But <laughs> by year, by year three, you should see and get an idea of, what your guy is going to look like. You should you should have an idea of like this is what we can expect to see from him year in year out by this point. Um and I man I feel like I said this I might have said this in the Discord, I might have said it on the pod. Um but I feel like I might be at a point of saying that 
Justin Fields is more valuable than Trevor Lawrence. Ooh. And we all know how I feel about Justin Fields, but like, I just, I haven't. This was the year to see that something from Trevor Lawrence, and I don't feel like we did. I feel like the closest we've come to seeing that guy is the second half against the Chargers last year in the playoffs. And I don't know. I wanted to see more of that this year, and I didn't really see it. And that's the problem. And whereas with Justin Fields, to me, while he didn't have like an extraordinary season, it was an improvement upon last year, which was an improvement upon year one. So there's been improvement year after year with him. Especially Maybe it's with, especially with the the coach, the offensive line, and then for right. the most part, how the defense has been until the second half of this year, like right. having to deal with all that and still trying to improve yourself. And because yeah. the coaching part of it too is again, he hasn't been really running as much. Right, they're trying and Trevor, to like and Trevor Lawrence him to be a pocket passer. Trevor Lawrence has a, a great setup down there in Jacksonville between Christian Kirk, uh, uh, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones. Like those are, those are solid receivers. You got Travis Etienne playing behind you. Like you got you got dudes out there, and I feel like you're in a much better setup than Justin Fields has been in. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm coming around to Fields, and I'm. Definitely not as high on Trevor Lawrence anymore. <laughs> we'll see what happens, though. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Speaking of quarterbacks' futures, unless I don't know if you guys do something different at the end of the regular season usually, or if you want to do a legit or counterfeit. Um, but what I thought well, would be interesting. Sorry, go ahead. Go no, no, go go for it. Go for it. I was gonna say we could real quick legit or counterfeit. I could just run through some names of some quarterbacks and you can tell me if they're legit or counterfeit starting on any team next season. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. I've got, I've got something. I don't know if it's legit or counterfeit, but it's something that I've got for you. So yeah, well, we (laughs) will, we'll we'll do yours first. We have less games to pick this week. Yeah. 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 more More content. Um, okay, let's start off. Uh, I'm kind of skipping like the top 10 quarterbacks here, but I'm going to start at uh, Baker Mayfield. Do you think he stays a starter? Oh, I mean, I'm such a Baker lover, and like he's played very well this year. Like, I don't think the Bucks make the playoffs if you don't get that level of play from him, um, which I think was a nice surprise for everybody in Tampa Bay. Like, I don't think. Anybody thought that, that thought necessarily that you were going to get that from him? So, man, that's tough. Yeah, and it like especially since like he's had some games where he's looked really good, and then yeah. he's had some games where he looks really bad. Well, these last couple especially have not been good, but and allegedly he also has some kind of rib injury going on right now, which yeah, we all know how how he plays with injury. Yeah, hurt um, Baker is bad Baker. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I'm I'm going to say legit. I'm gonna say that, but I don't necessarily love that answer. 
yeah. I'm kind of with you where I, I'm saying legit, not necessarily because of like him. I mean, he did get them to the playoffs. So in a way, he does earn yeah. another shot to be their starter. But they also, unless they trade, don't really have a high enough draft pick to get like a great rookie this year. If one falls and, to them, yeah. And also the free market agency you look at and like really besides Russell Wilson, I don't know who you get yeah. that would be better than Baker. Well, you got Kirk. Kirk Cousins is out there unless Minnesota resigns him. I, I was going to ask about Kirk Cousins. He's a little bit farther down the list. But yeah, do you think Kirk okay. Cousins? Oh, uh, oh, absolutely. Kirk's legit. Yeah. Listen, Kirk, Kirk to they me should, is. They should keep him. They should. Kirk's Kirk's a top ten quarterback. Easy, easy. Is he top five? I don't know. He the way he played early in the season, he was looking like top five quarterback. But he's definitely a top ten, like eight eight to twelve type range is like where he slots in every single year. And if you're if you're mad about that as a Minnesota fan, shame on you. Like you should absolutely want to keep him around, unless unless you are perfectly fine with trading up. To go get a a top level quarterback and risking your future with that guy and hoping yeah. that it plays out. If you're okay with that, cool. But if you want to get the best out of Justin Jefferson now and Jordan Addison, Kirk is your dude. Kirk can go out there and get get them, you know, hundred yard games, two three touchdown games in and out every single week. Uh, if 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 you keep him around for the next two or three years, yeah, offense will be rolling stay, with him. I think he should stay in Minnesota, and even if he doesn't stay in Minnesota, like there's a bunch of teams that like need a quarterback that don't quite have high enough draft picks. I think that would take uh, Kirk Cousins over, you know, some of the well, other yeah. options. In free like he probably of quarterbacks that potentially could go into free agency. I think he's the best one, like besides yeah. Russell Wilson, that's available. Yeah. Um again, another quarterback that got their team to the playoffs, or almost got their team to the playoffs. Didn't quite get there. Uh yeah. Gardner Minshew. Counterfeit. You don't think he's earned a starting job somewhere? No, Gardner's a backup. I mean he just he just like I think the Saints I mean, I don't. I don't really know what the hell happened with the Saints. Honestly, I don't. I genuinely don't know how they got into the position they were in. Um, because, like, you watch that team, and nothing is like nothing stands out as far as oh yeah, this is spectacular. Like Jonathan Taylor looked really good in that game against the Texans, but he hasn't looked like that all season. Gardner Minshew's had a handful of games here or there where he's looked really good, but obviously he hasn't looked like that all season. The defense hasn't played exceptionally all season they've played fine so it's like I, I don't i don't understand how they got there and i don't think Gardner Minshew is the reason they got there i think that the whole team just was good enough it's it's grit and shane steichen <laughs> yeah i mean i mean yeah that's that's 100 percent um yeah unfortunately i mean i love Gardner Minshew, but i just don't know where he would go be a starter instead of somebody else. Um, He's a great backup. Maybe if, like, because there could be a couple other teams where, like, quarterbacks retire, like maybe the Rams, like Matt Stafford, could hang it up after this year. Yeah. Um, or something like that. You know, that might open up another spot for him. But 
yeah, as of right now, I think he'll end up being a backup. He would be a good backup if you have a quarterback who's injury prone, like uh, like Anthony Richardson has been, um, or right. Baker Mayfield seems to be. You could put him behind Baker. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that he will probably be a backup. Um, um, okay, this is my last one, and I think this is the most fun one because it's a little bit of recency bias here with this team. Uh, Mason Rudolph. Ooh. <laughs> Mason. Three, three and oh. Think... Three and oh. Got him to the playoffs. Yeah. I think I'm going to say the same thing I said about Gardner Minshew that like Mason's a really good backup. That's done a, a a great job, and I think that's what you can. I think that's the like that's the guy you want as your backup, a guy that's going to be reliable, that's going to to get you some good starts, but isn't the guy that you can sit there and say, "I want you starting all seventeen games," and that's how I feel about Gardner Minshew, and I feel similarly about Mason Rudolph. I felt the same way about Nick Foles, like back back in the day when Nick Foles went on that run with Philly, like. He's a really good backup, but should he be the starter? Probably not. Yeah, it's tough because he's just like revitalized. Between that and Matt Canada being gone, this team feels revitalized for the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, they and, the, like they. I don't think Kenny Pickett is like much no, he's, better. I, mean, I I I don't expect Pickett to be the starter next year. I don't know who's going to be the starter. But I don't think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. But I I agree with you. Like Mason Rudolph has played well enough that like I heavily thought about picking them over the Bills, just because like it, it wouldn't surprise if I'll say this, if TJ Watt was playing in that game, if TJ Watt didn't get injured, I don't know, man. <laughs> I I think I might I think I might have gone for the upset. Which I, we'll get I thought to about it too. I thought about it too. Did, did you see? I think I posted it in the Discord of JJ Watt being like, "Do you think they would notice?" And like, superimposing <laughs> the number ninety. <laughs> Come out of retirement, JJ, just just for a game. Let's, let's get it done, or just for the playoffs. Maybe if, if you guys beat Buffalo, you get to share the field with your brother. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Do you have any other quarterbacks? Um, I guess the last one, which I think we're both on the same page as, but I. I think the biggest discussion of these quarterbacks would be Justin Fields, whether or not he's earned so, his place as a starter or if the Bears with the number one overall pick are going to move on. In my opinion, I think that I think that Fields has shown you enough that you should stick with him. And if you look at that connection between him and DJ Moore, who you got, you went out and got for him. You look at the way that connection has formed over the season. It looks like a pretty dang good connection. Um, you've got a handful of other offensive weapons there. You, if you're smart, you'll go get another one with a high draft pick and Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, yeah, or I Brock just, Bowers. Yeah, well. They've got Colt Komet, so it depends, yeah. 
He's a little older, though, isn't he? I thought. I mean, he's only been there for like three or four years as well. Um, but in my opinion, what they should do is trade the number one pick to one of those one of those teams sitting in like the two through five spot. They would like to move up to go get Caleb Williams or whoever they think the savior of their franchise is going to be. Um, get a little extra draft capital for that. You move down a couple slots. Marvin Harrison's still going to be there. Take Marvin Harrison, then you can go get yourself a top ten defensive player with the with the tenth overall pick. Um, and then whatever extra draft capital you get, that's just bonus on top. I just I think that if you're going to stick with Eberflus, which they are apparently, then keep Fields around because Fields ha- Fields is used to that system and he knows that system, and so. See what you got with him. I, I I say give it one more year. Give it one more year because, again, Fields missed a good chunk of the season, so you didn't you didn't get to see him for a whole year. Hope that he can stay healthy. Hope that you get a whole year and you can evaluate what you got next year. The tough part about that is that this year's quarterback draft class is very good, very yeah. good. Uh, so it's tough passing on that this year. But I just. I think I've seen enough from him to say, give him another shot. Yeah, I think he should at least start somewhere, even if the Bears decide to move on with that pick. There are plenty of teams that need quarterbacks that are kind of in limbo and are going to be looking at yeah. free agency or trades. Like like I said, if Matt Stafford retires or uh, Commanders will probably want a new quarterback with whoever ends yep. up being the head coach there. Hopefully yep. it's the uh, enemy, but the fact that they haven't announced it yet is still kind of weird. But yeah, uh, Atlanta. Well, I I always thought Atlanta would be a good fit for for Fields, depending on who they get as the head coach now. But could be, yeah. Well, speaking of head coaching openings, so as of right now, just so we have, you know, we 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 run through all the openings, uh, the in season firings that happened. Obviously, Panthers let go Frank Reich. Raiders let go Josh McDaniels. The Chargers finally fired Brandon Staley. Those are the, all the ones that happened in the season. Um, then on Black Monday, you had the Falcons firing Arthur Smith. You had the Washington Commanders firing Ron Rivera. And then on Tuesday, weirdly, you had the Titans firing Mike Rabel. And then as of today, the Seahawks have parted ways with Pete Carroll, which which parted ways with him at the head coach. Apparently, he's still staying on in some sort of advisor position. Yeah. Um, did, did they fire him, or did he retire? I think the way that it was phrased in the statement I saw is that they decided to mutually part ways uh, or evolve from a head, the head coach position to a, in advisory position. They, uh, they, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Bruce Arians. They Bruce Arians them. It it kind of seems like yeah, yeah which yeah. is like I I don't understand unless Pete Carroll wanted to do that. Like yeah, he he still seems he's like seventy one and he's still so yeah. pumped up on the sideline. Like he's yeah. taking off his shirt and like banging his chest at practice. Like I I don't. It's weird. It's weird. The only other team that is 
allegedly still possibly might be an opening is the Patriots if they do, in fact, move on from Bill Belichick, which as of right now, it is Wednesday, three days after the season ended. Uh, he still has a job. So we'll see if that opens up. So there's currently seven openings between the Panthers, Raiders, Chargers, Falcons, Commanders, Titans, and Seahawks. In your opinion, which is the best destination? Let me look at the draft order real quick. Uh, that does play a part too, yeah. Do they have that on ESPN? Draft. Okay, hold on. They might have it. They might not. Oh, the other one that might open up is, allegedly, if Dallas underperforms in the playoffs like they tend to, Mike McCarthy would be gone. That's what's been floated out there. Um, so if the Packers do, in fact, spoil Dallas's season on Sunday, then old Mike is gone. Okay, let's see here. Um, Chargers, Chargers have a lot of talent and a top five. A lot of talent. Pick. Commanders have the number two overall pick with a decent amount of offensive talent. They just got rid of all their defensive talent, though. True. Uh, Titans <clears throat> are com- Titans are completely rebuilding. They have a top ten pick, but they're completely rebuilding. I think Falcons is definitely pretty high. I think I would put Chargers, uh, Falcons, Commanders, because the ownership is new, too, and it's, uh, yeah, you know, you could be the guy that comes in and turns the team around along with the new owners. It's right. probably... Um, yeah, and then Seahawks would kind of be in the middle, because uh, they they still have you know a lot of decent talent. It's still a little bit of a question mark at quarterback, but yeah, they they almost made the playoffs, so they don't have quite a high draft pick. Although they have picks, I think that they can work with if they want to trade from the Russell Wilson thing. Uh, Panthers are at the bottom. Panthers are the least uh, desirable there. Yeah. Um, who am I missing? Uh, you the... got the the Raiders, the Titans. I didn't say and... Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, Raiders are kind of middle of the road for me too. I that might just be a personal bias. Like they do have some talent there still. Um, I just it's hard to consider the Raiders open because if they don't hire Antonio Pierce, then they deserve to lose forever. Like. To have yeah. two interim, like to have two interim head coaches to either make the playoffs or almost make the playoffs or you know, whatever, and then not hire that guy a second time, who's also bringing the culture of your team like around, like he fits True. the Raiders so well with what we've seen. Like I, I barely consider that position open because they, if they don't hire Antonio Pierce, then they they deserve to lose every football game they ever play for the rest of the franchise. Fair, yeah. I would I would put Chargers and Falcons are my top two. They would be right at the top. I agree. The other I agree. the other openings 
don't have a lot of downside. They're just more so rebuilding than it is uh, or not having like the draft capital to get the quarterback that you need. That makes it a little right. tougher. And then the Panthers is just a dumper, dumpster fire. Not a lot yeah. of talent. Bad owner. Like, <laughs> you're yeah. probably, you might become the highest paid coach because he's going to have to shell out some money to get somebody to go there. <laughs> yeah, I think, so I, I think Seattle's interesting. Um, I, there's obviously a lot of young talent on both sides of the ball. Um, but there's still a lot of work to do. They're definitely some kind of, kind of in that like quick rebuild mode to where like they can still be competitive, but how competitive? Um, yeah. The Titans are a tough one because they're basically in, in complete rebuild. Derrick Henry's not going to be back. You don't have a quarterback. Um, just a lot of. A lot of question marks talent wise across the board. Uh but yeah, I think Chargers are like I I had the Chargers going fifteen and two this year. I had them going fifteen and two because of the talent on that team. Like Justin Herbert is a top ten quarterback. Austin Eckler looked like a a poor man's Christian McCaffrey over the last couple of years. And I, I don't know what happened to them. They, yeah, I mean, do you think you think of the names on defense too, and how awful yeah, that defense has been? Yeah, yeah. You got Bosa, you got Derwin James. Like, like you've got you have known known yeah. superstars Khalil, on both sides. Khalil Mack's been a monster for that team since he. I completely up. forgot Khalil Mack was there. That's how <laughs> like that's how much talent on that team is that I didn't even like. Didn't make sense to me that Khalil Mack was was even there with them. Yeah, you're right. Like that team on paper is, like, that's a championship-contending team. They just have had a bum coach for three seasons now, and it took them way too long to get rid of him. It's like if you had Josh McDaniels as the 49ers head coach. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, that's that's probably a perfect example of what it is. Perfect example. (laughs) Yeah, to me, like, that's that is the destination. And then the other one is the Falcons, because I do think the Falcons have... A lot of good young pieces, and then there's like a handful of decent of decent veterans there. Um, so I, yeah. and I the just Falcons think have, a... the Falcons have enough leeway because they're the number eight pick, and I right. think they have enough leeway to where they can either be like, okay, like we can get a good quarterback in the draft. Or they have a high enough draft pick where they can be like, okay, we can trade for somebody like a, a Justin Fields or a right, you know, Kirk Cousins or one or Russell Wilson, yeah, and uh, and be happy with it because as long as you get a coach that uh, uses the talent that you have, then yeah, yeah, actually gives Bijan the ball, yeah, <laughs> um, actually, actually, you know, they 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 can find a guy they can. Toss the ball to Kyle Pitts and toss yeah. the ball to, to, to Drake London. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. team, that team with the right coach and the right quarterback pick this year is is scary. Yep, I agree. I agree. Well, hey man, we've played eighteen weeks of football. We've got a handful more. It's time for the best time of the year. January football, the postseason is here, and I say we get picky with it. Getting picky with it. 
getting picky with it. Starting us off on Saturday over on NBC at 4.30 in the afternoon. We've got the number five seed, Cleveland Browns, 11-6. and six, Just just looking dominant down the stretch with all elite Joe Flacco heading in to the AFC South Division winners, Houston Texans, 10-7 and seven on the season, getting it done on the final day of the year. On the road, Cleveland, two and a half point favorites. I think that's fair. Cleveland is the better team on paper. Uh, this is a team that, that has... Push through the adversity. They lost Nick Chubb early in the year. People thought, oh, well, what what a shame. They should have been good. They lose the best running back in football. There's the year for them. Deshaun Watson looked fluky. And then he, he goes out with a shoulder injury because he did not get enough massages. And, <laughs> and they struggle at quarterback between P.J. Walker and, and DTR. And then Joe Flacco. Out there on the streets. They say, hey, old friend, come be our quarterback. And they've just gone on a tear since then. Had a moment there. Had a moment there where they were in the in the mix for the division. Obviously, the Ravens get it done. Uh, but the Browns, man. Browns are legit. Browns are here. And who would have expected they'd, they'd be back in the playoffs looking as good as they look? Uh, I have them beating the Texans. I don't like it. I really want to pick Houston here. But I just think the Browns are too good. And if Houston was and literally, if Houston was playing any other team in the playoffs outside of the number one seed, obviously, I think I would pick the Texans over them. But playing the Browns, I just I think it's gonna be too tough. So I've got Cleveland. Who you got, man? So these two teams did play earlier in the year, but CJ Stroud was not playing. And I was going to pick Houston, and then C.J. Stroud was still concussed. And so I'm going back to my roots. I'm going with my gut. I'm going with the Love story it. I want to see happen. Love it. I am taking the Houston Texans to win this game, get the upset at home. This is, I think, this or Rams-Detroit is uh, game of the week. Like, mm. the, I, I, I wish this game was at was was a night game. I mean, it's Saturday. It's the only game on. You know, it'll still yeah. be easy to watch, but this should be a primetime game. This game's going to be fantastic. I I really hope that it lives up to the billing because I'm with you. I do think this game should be very good. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns kind of obliterate the Texans. Something like a like a thirty one yeah. seventeen type score. I could I could see that happening. I don't want to see that happening, but I could see it happening. My just my because only... of it's it's Sorry, Houston's God. defense. It's Houston's defense. That's what worries me. Is I I like I think they have some good defensive uh defensive players. Obviously, Will Anderson has looked looked really good for them um, throughout the year, but I just don't know, man. I don't know if they can keep it together enough against. That very good Cleveland offense. Yeah, it'll it'll be. I'm hoping it's a close game. Um, hopefully, they get some people back too because Noah Brown was still hurt. He didn't practice yeah. today, so there might be a chance he's gone. Will Anderson Jr. was on and off the field all day. 
Says he didn't practice Tuesday. It doesn't say anything about today. So maybe he was back today. That would be nice if Will mm-hmm. Anderson Jr. was was around. Um, but yeah, I I just want to root for the Texans. It's nothing against this Browns team. I just want to make it clear. I do not hate this Browns team. I like their story as well. I like Joe Flacco coming off the couch and have it be a miraculous story that the Browns were kind enough to give him $75,000 week 18 for not playing. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Deshaun Watson made more money not playing the whole like season for that game. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Flacco made for that game. But yeah. Regardless, I just like CJ Stroud a lot. I like this Texans team a lot. I would like, it would be, I don't know when the last time we've seen a rookie quarterback win a playoff game. I can't think of a recent time that it's happened. And CJ Stroud, I think, deserves to be the one to do it for the first time in a while. It probably happened a couple years ago, I would bet. I can't think of it either. Well, I don't know. It definitely didn't happen last year because the only rookie like starting quarterback was Kenny Pickett. Mac Jones True. made it to the playoffs but lost. True. Um I'm trying to think the playoff teams uh the year we went to the Super Bowl and lost to Tampa Bay. I can't remember. I can't remember the last time it's happened, but it's been like at least like three or four years. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Well, that takes us to Saturday night. We have the paywall playoff game. If you are, <laughs> if you don't know, this is a Peacock exclusive, which Peacock, I believe, is like five bucks a month. Which, oh well, five bucks. But I should not be having to pay extra for a playoff game. If I'm already subscribing to a cable service or a streaming service, I should not then have to subscribe to an additional streaming service. For a dang playoff game. Regular season? Okay, I'm fine with it. But if I want to watch Dolphins Chiefs, I should be able to do that. Dang it. At 8 o'clock on Peacock, we have the 11-6 6th seed in the AFC Miami Dolphins heading into the freezing cold temperatures of Arrowhead to take on the 3 seed AFC West champion Kansas City Chiefs, 11-6 on the season. Uh, Listen, it's just... The rich get richer every year. It just keeps on going. That's just how it goes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is just going to keep winning that division, probably keep making an AFC Championship game every single season until he retires, because we're looking at Tom Brady 2.0. But at home, Kansas City, 4.5-point favorites. You know I had to get my jabs in, man. I had to. I had to. Uh, 4.5-point favorites. Four and a half point favorites at home for the Chiefs. I think it's fair. Uh, I think that it's it's hard to bet against Kansas City at home at Arrowhead, especially when they're playing in single digit weather against a team from Florida. Uh, man, I'll have you know, I initially wrote down Dolphins over Chiefs, and now I'm totally rethinking it. 
mainly because of everything I just said about Miami, <laughs> like the Dolphins being from Florida, it being cold, it's the Chiefs at home in the playoffs. Like, how can you bet against Patrick Mahomes in those conditions? Oh, man. It's also, though, it's also the Tyreek Hill revenge game. Mm. I'm doing That's it, man. For you, isn't it? I'm doing it. I'm going with the Dolphins. Back-to-back okay. playoff games we're disagreeing on. I like it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, my only worry about this game is if, uh, I mean, the receivers already have a hard time catching the ball, so, like, if their hands are cold and turn into literal ice blocks, you know, uh, it might be a problem. I think... Yeah, Kadarius Tony ain't catching nothing. It's playoff time. We need to lean on Isaiah Pacheco. Patrick Patrick Mahomes does not want to be a game manager. He needs to be a game manager at this point with with what we have, with how we've played, with you know everything that's going on. If he wants to win these playoff games, he has to be a game manager. And I mean, that being said, still at home at Arrowhead, uh, single digit degree weather. Miami, especially Tua, has never played well in that kind of weather. So I'm going to stick with Kansas City, obviously. Um, but yeah, brave, brave of you. I'm proud of you for being brave. <laughs> Listen, man, I just... Uh, I have a feeling, you know? I just... Uh... Well, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just I like I like Miami. I, I I don't think they do well against the big dogs, but I feel like Kansas City has just struggled so much. Um especially down the stretch of the season. Like you like you talked about in the opening, the Chiefs and the Eagles both uh just kind of in a, a weird spot. Um and yeah. I think the Chiefs are very vulnerable right now. That is true. Although the difference between Chiefs and Philly is that the Chiefs defense is good enough to also lean on them. Like if we can keep the Dolphins under 20 points like we've done to almost every other team this year, then I I would say we have a pretty good chance of winning, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to Sunday and start us off Sunday at 1 p.m. Over on CBS, we have the seventh seed in the AFC, the 10 and 7 Pittsburgh Steelers. Somehow, Mike Tomlin just takes a, a garbage team and gets wins out of them every single year. That's what we that's what you can bet on every single year is that the Steelers will have a winning record and probably, probably somehow sneak into the playoffs. But they have a tough task in front of them. Facing probably the hottest team in the AFC, the two seed Buffalo Bills, eleven and six on the season uh, at home. Buffalo, wow, this is a massive spread for a playoff game. Buffalo, ten point favorites over the Steelers. That's crazy, uh, especially when you consider these two teams are one game different in their standings. Um, like I said, I I wanted to pick. I really did want to pick the Steelers in this. And I think if TJ Watt was playing, was healthy, then I would very much consider it. But without him, it's going to be tough for that defense to get stops. 
And I don't know if I can trust Mason Rudolph uh, to get the job done on the offensive side. So I've got to go with Buffalo just kind of by default. I don't love it because I don't think the Bills are... Hmm. I don't think the Bills are playing exceptional. You look at the first half that Josh Allen had against Miami uh, on, on Sunday. was not great. was not great. It took a, a rousing second half from him uh, to get them to win. So And a punt return touchdown, right? For that too. Buffalo. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I don't. I don't love picking them, but they get they get to play the Steelers, so they get the pick by default. So give me Buffalo. Who you got, man? Yeah, I'm with you. If TJ Watt was playing, I would definitely be uh, more on board with picking the Steelers because there's always some kind of sneaky, you know, upset that happens in these uh, in yeah. these playoff games. Uh, it would be really fun to, to see. Mason Rudolph beat the Bills. It would be. Um, it would be. And also, personally, uh, selfishly, I am rooting. I am rooting for the Steelers because it means we get another home playoff game. If, uh, like, by default, yeah, because the the two seed would be out. So, but I'm still gonna pick the Bills. I think uh, they've been able to, you know, even even though it's barely. The Steelers have been playing well. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a close game. Um, but without TJ Watt, that playmaker on defense, I just don't see the Steelers stopping the Bills enough to get the win. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I agree. Well, that brings us to the afternoon game on Sunday, 4.30 p.m. over on Fox. Time to get into the NFC side of things. We have the 9 and 8 Green Bay Packers, everybody counted them out, and they just kept on pushing, kept on pushing, got a couple of nice upsets in the middle of the season to propel them along the back half, and they finished the season at 9-8, and eight, sneaking in as the 7th seed, and because they are the 7th seed, they have to go out to Big D, where we have the 12-5 and five Dallas Cowboys waiting for them. Whew. It's a tough task. Dallas at home. Seven and a half point favorites. Ooh. I think that's a little disrespectful. Little disrespectful. I get it. Dallas is good. But this Packers team is coming in hot. Coming in hot. They've looked good. They had a couple of stumbles here and there over the last couple of weeks. But they looked good over the last over the last couple of games, uh, and I'm picking them, man. I'm picking them. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. Like you just said, there's always some kind of weird upset that happens in the playoffs on Wild Card Weekend. I think this is the one. Give me Green Bay. It's playoff time, man. I've got to be a homer in the playoffs. Give me Green Bay. Who you got, man? Uh, yeah, we're gonna disagree on this one too. I'm gonna go with Dallas. Um, I mean, it's the smart pick with how Dallas has been, you know, it is the smart thing, especially at home. If this game were in Green Bay, I may reconsider, but that's fair. Uh, Dallas, especially like Dak has still been playing MVP caliber football, they just 
he got written out of the yes. MVP race four weeks ago, and we just decided to never put him back in. But no, I mean, Dak's still playing well. CD Lamb's still playing well. Their defense is still playing well. Um, I think Green Bay could put up a fight, but at the end of the day, I think uh, Dallas takes the win here and will move on to play somebody. We'll figure out who. Move on to play somebody in the next round. Yeah. Hey, uh, fun fact. The uh, top two quarterbacks in passing touchdowns are playing each other this week. And it's, Is that Dak and Love? It's Dak Prescott and Jordan Love. <laughs> Good for yeah. them. This is why I'm Good saying let's them. let's give Jordan Love some respect, man. He's I, had a listen, good season. I I'm not the one who disrespects Jordan Love in the Discord. That's not me. Oh, oh, he listen, has, I'm I'm well aware of who it is. I'm well aware of who it is. About that. I'm just I'm more or less speaking to the seven and a half point spread that Vegas decided to give this game in favor of Dallas. I don't like it. I don't think that's necessarily because of Jordan Love. I think it's because you guys still haven't fired Joe Barry. I mean that good points. Good points <laughs> being is, made. And this is one of the best offenses in football. Good points being made. Well, let's go to the Sunday night game. We have the ten and seven Los Angeles Rams uh heading into Detroit to take on the NFC North Division winning. Detroit Lions, 12-5 on the season. Uh, this game, 8 p.m. over on NBC, Sunday Night Football. Detroit at home, three-point favorites. But we get Matthew Stafford's return to the place he used to call home, the team he used to call family. Coming home, can he spoil their season? Or will Jared Goff get a little bit of, little bit of revenge on the Rams? This is... This, this guy, all kinds of good storylines. I'm here for it. Uh, I'm taking the lines in this one. I think they're the better team. I like the Rams. I think it will be a close game. I hope it's a good game. Uh, but give me the Lions. Who you got, man? Yeah. You know that the Rams have won seven out of their last eight games? They really? Have... Yeah. I mean, they're not like crazy wins over like great teams but like the Seahawks pretty good team they beat the Cardinals with uh Kyler Murray being back they beat the Browns I think the week before Joe Flacco came back then they lost to the Ravens and then they beat the Commanders the Saints the Giants and then the 49ers backup team this week but still I mean <laughs> also a pretty good push stretch to get to the playoffs after and a not great start for them um that being said, I'm also going to go with Detroit. I just uh, Detroit has a fire lit under them right now, and if they lose their first home playoff game in a hundred years at home, like I I don't think they can bear to uh, live through that. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that I think that place is going to be fired up, and I think that. Dan Campbell's going to have those boys fired up. I think it's going to be an electric electric atmosphere in Detroit uh, on Sunday night. Which yeah. brings us to Monday Night Football 815 over on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN+. Plus. 
we have the five seed Philadelphia Eagles, 11 and six, kind of hobbling their way into the playoffs. This is a team that we we pretty much thought they had the NFC East on lock. They, it was over with. They they had the division. The Cowboys were basically locked into that five seed spot. And on the last day of the season, the Eagles can't get it done against the Giants, falling to the five seed. They get a trip to Tampa to take on the 9-8 and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers because somebody's got to win the NFC South, and why not Tampa? Uh, I actually think Tampa has a good chance in this one. Philadelphia three-point favorites on the road. Um, if the Bucs, man, if the Bucs looked better in their finale against the Panthers, I think I would pick them. And I still really want to pick them just because I think the Eagles have looked so bad and they're in such disarray. And somebody said it, I don't I don't remember who, but somebody on ESPN I think said said it this week that what's going on with the Eagles isn't a one week fix. Like this isn't something that you can just flip a switch and they're going to be fine. There's some real like fundamental issues going on with that team. Um I think a lot of it starts with the defensive side not being able to stop much. The the move to have yeah. Matt Patricia take over as defensive uh, defensive coordinator essentially has not been well. Um, I just think there's a lot of issues there, and one week isn't going to fix them. Luckily for them, they do have to face Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are probably the worst of the seven teams in the playoffs on the NFC side. But I think I think the Bucks have a shot in this one. I really do, and I really want to pick them. Uh, I just feel like if I pick them, I'd be getting a little too spicy with it this week. So again, as much as I want to, by default, I feel like I have to pick the Eagles. But man, if the Eagles win, they're probably going to get stomped in their next matchup. I don't see their next matchup going well because it's going to be against. Either Detroit or San Francisco, presumably, or Dallas, I guess it could yeah. be. But, uh, I mean, it's it ain't going to go well. It ain't going to go well for them against either of those yeah. three teams. Uh, but, yeah, give me give me the Eagles. Who you got, man? I'm on the same page. If Baker is healthy, I would pick Tampa Bay. But yep. as, as we've learned, Hurt Baker is bad Baker. And yep. I don't think I don't think it'll be pretty. I'm almost tempted to say this probably shouldn't have been a night game. They probably should have just swapped. It this shouldn't have. They should have. I mean, I guess I was gonna say this should have been the one o'clock game on Sunday, but Steelers Bills also feels like a one o'clock this, game. This this could have been four thirty on Saturday. It could have. It could have been. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I am gonna pick Philly. I do agree that this game, whoever wins this game. It, isn't making it to the championship. This is just, they can say they got a playoff win and uh, Jason Kelsey can retire. And that's uh, pretty much all there is to it. So give me the Eagles in this one. As much as I I agree, I think Tampa, I think it could be close, but I just, I don't, I don't trust a Baker who's hurt. Yeah. I mean, honestly, really, the the three teams 
the three teams out of the 14 that made the playoffs on AFC, NFC, both sides, that I can say definitively are not making a championship are the Eagles, Bucks, and Steelers. I think the other 11, I could make an argument for any of them to go on a run, make it to make it to the championship, potentially win a Super Bowl. But definitively, I think the Bucks, Eagles, and Steelers are all out of it. I think they're just yeah. they're playing for a consolation prize. That would be that would be tough. Yeah. For them yeah. to get through that gauntlet. Yeah. And and I think I mean I think I think it'd be tough for the Packers and Rams. I think those are probably the next two teams that I'd be like, ooh, it's gonna be tough. But I think I can there's an argument to be made for both of those teams where there's not really one for these other three. Well, I think we have a good one for wildcard weekend. First round of the playoffs is a fun one usually. And uh, hopefully we've got some, some wild magic in store for wildcard weekend. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, As always, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to us on whatever format you're doing. So, uh, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever. We appreciate it. We love you. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and click that subscribe button. That way you're notified every single time we go live. We do usually do the podcast on a weekly basis. We just have missed the last couple. We will be back next week for sure. We're not missing any of the playoffs. I can guarantee you of that. We're going to make it happen. Uh, so we'll be back next week for the divisional round. Uh, but for now, wildcard weekend should be fun. And as always, I think that's that. Good job.